This is the show with Cannon Brown. Really, since I, I think I went to my first judging contest at five, and I've uh, haven't stopped. I guess so. That's a that's a dream for most people. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it it's a lot of fun. Most people, I I tell most people, you got to use livestock judging as a you know a stepping stone to your future careers. And I tell them most people have to eventually grow up and go out into the real world and. You can't make livestock judging a career other than there, there's only a few of us that are lucky enough to be able to do that, and uh, I guess I'm one of those. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? Hey guys, welcome to the show with Cannon Brown. This is your host, Cannon Michael Brown. Yeah, that's not it. That's not it, folks. Uh, that was my roommate, Eben LeBerthon. And uh, say hi. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> And as you can tell, uh, we sound a little bit different, and I thought it'd be funny to trick you guys, but I know it didn't work. You guys you guys know my voice. You guys can hear me. It's all right. Uh, you're loyal fans now, and Eben, Eben will never take you away from me. He can't hear me anymore because he shut the door, so that's good. Guys, we're in our new place. I'm in my new apartment. Um, I'm really liking it. Uh, it's, a, it's a dream come true. I got my own bathroom, and let me tell you what. I was uh, – don't judge me here, guys. But I lived in uh, my fraternity house last year, and um, it was fun. The social aspect was good. Uh, I got a lot of study hours in, of course. Um, but, guys, I was missing my own bathroom. And I don't know if you guys have ever lived in a frat house, uh, but it's not its not the ideal situation when you want your own bathroom. So had to get out of that. I had to get my own apartment with, uh, with my own bathroom, and I've got three roommates that are awesome. I'll put them on my... Uh, Instagram story sometime you, you guys can meet him but yeah that was Evan so okay let's get to the uh, show that I have for you guys um, I've got a fantastic guest his name is Mr. Caleb Boardman he's a livestock judging coach at the University of Wyoming he's from Wyoming from like the Powell Cody area if you guys are familiar with that region region this guy has a lot of experience in livestock judging, guys. And from what, uh, if you guys heard my cold open, uh, I don't know if you guys skipped that or if you guys listened to it, but he has been doing this since he was five years old. So, I mean, the the knowledge that this guy has and the uh, the fil- familiarity that he has within uh, a livestock judging contests is, is pretty unique, guys, because, I mean, he grew up with, uh, his dad was a livestock judging coach at a junior college. I mean, this kid was... This kid was born to judge, uh, and that's all he's been doing for his whole life, and he does really, really well at it. So, guys, if you're listening in and, and you're interested in, in looking at junior colleges or senior colleges for livestock judging or if you're on 4-H teams or, or FFA teams, uh, listen in, guys, because he's a wealth of knowledge, and, and I'm sure if uh, I'll, I'll put his contact info in my posts and you guys can reach out to him, he would love to talk. And, and the University of Wyoming is – is an incredible place if you guys are looking for school. And, and I've got to shout out Casper College because that's where I went, and that's uh, in Wyoming too. So if you're looking for junior college, Casper College, you bet. So, yeah, that, that's what I got for you guys, and, and I hope that you guys enjoy this. Uh, I, I You guys are awesome. Keep subscribing, keep liking, keep sharing. Uh, I, I don't know uh, what else to say. You guys are great. I'm going to keep posting on Instagram. i got to post more, guys. i got to post more on Instagram, Facebook. I'm just not good at it, so I'll I'll try to get better, but without further ado, that's enough of me talking. Let's do it, Mr. Caleb Boardman. 
You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Perfect. Well, how are you doing today? I am doing excellent. Beautiful day up in Laramie, Wyoming, so... Those are, uh, I mean, most days in Laramie, Wyoming are pretty, uh, are pretty good. Well, most of the time, as long as you don't mind a little snow in the winter, but... You're, you're in the, you're in like the sweet spot of the year though, right? Around oh, yeah. fall and, and spring, it kind of gets pretty nice up there. Yes, it's beautiful. So we stay about low 80s in the daytime and cools off at night. So it's beautiful weather. That's nice. How was, uh, how'd State Fair go? It was very good. It was a busy time, but uh, it was a it was a good time. We had our state 4-H contest, and then I had my judging team up there helping with that. And we uh, worked out afterwards and practiced uh, watching watching shows, and then practicing afterwards as well. Nice. Now, how you kind of um, I don't know if it was you or some other people in Wyoming, but you guys are doing like an all state judging team now. Uh, yeah, just kind of so, have a tour. What, explain to me what you're doing there. Well, uh, I started what's called the 307 Judging Series. I guess uh, this is our third year, so three years ago, uh, just trying to get a little more opportunities for students out in the 4-H kids out in the state to uh, be able to hit a few more contests. And um, when I when I grew up judging 4-H up here, they there was typically quite a few counties that would host contests through the summer for us to go practice at. And that had dwindled a little bit uh, from the time I had left the state of Wyoming until I came back to my current position. And that uh, we, I, so I wanted to start something to get that kind of opportunity back available for students to travel around the state and enjoy the experience of a judging team and getting a vehicle and make buddies and do all that so anyways we started this series and it just continued to grow each year and this year we had a good uh, uh sponsor it's uh well the red white and blue bull sale which is uh, the ward family out of wyoming here in laramie uh does started a bull sale last fall with uh, the krebs ranch uh, in nebraska and the thomas ranch out of south dakota uh consigned bulls into it and they donated uh, part of their sale proceeds to sponsor this all-state team to get to go to a contest and represent Wyoming as an all-state team. And so, uh, yeah, we, we named those all-state exhibitors there at uh, uh, at the state fair last week. And so getting ready to plan that trip out with them, we'll uh, take them to the Mid-American Flint Hills Classic in Hutchinson, Kansas, and uh, Ixarbin Stock Show in Grand Island, Nebraska, which is the same weekend there, the last weekend in September. That's awesome. That that sounds like an awesome idea, and I, I kind of wish that I had that in Arizona if somebody had set that up like an all-state team because we do something uh, kind of similar where if you have a 4-H team and you win the contest at Arizona Nationals, um, they'll you get to go to Denver and you get to go to uh, Louisville if you want to, but you kind of have to qualify for that stuff. But that I think that's a great initiative, and you're right. It, it kind of gets those kids out there in a van traveling around, kind of get to experience the the whole judging program. Yeah, and uh, we, part of the reason we put the All-State teams together was uh, hoping, hoping those competitive kids would uh, chase after points and try to get that uh, All-State deal, which has worked. And the more they're out judging, the more they love it and the more they want to continue on in college. And uh, But secondly, 
we have the same rules that you have to qualify as a team to go to Louisville, Kansas City, or Denver. And so every now and then we'll have a really talented individual that just uh, is kind of off age within their county, or maybe uh, it's a county that doesn't have a traditionally strong livestock pro judging program. And so this allows those students to get a little national exposure and that they can go to a national contest and earn that as an individual and be on a team of other people that have earned that as individuals without having to earn that as a county team. So that's awesome. And have you seen kind of an increase in, in uh, participation around the state within livestock judging contests? Yeah, we certainly have. Uh, um, my our state 4-H director is supposed to. Uh, look back for me, but uh, of the records that he had, uh, he told me that we had 152 contestants at our state contest this year, which compared to some places might not sound like a lot, but that's uh, on, on our record, the most uh, students we've ever had in livestock judging at our state 4-H contest. So we set a record on it and a lot of people around the state do contribute it to this series and the excitement that it has kind of built and uh, garnered a lot of interest from students uh, trying to get part of that. Yeah, as soon as you kind of introduce a kind of competitive uh, deal into it, especially with an all-state team, I bet kids were fighting all over that all year trying to get the, the most points that they could to try to make it. it yeah, they were, and there was a lot, of kid, a lot of really good kids that will continue to have good high school careers, and I know uh, we'll go on to have some very successful college careers that didn't make the top five. We do it uh, top five is who makes it, and so – uh, there's a lot of kids sixth on down that were uh, have a lot of talent and ability that uh, just missed the cut this year, and but uh, they'll be better in the future for it. Yeah, they're going to try harder next year, that's for sure. You bet. But so, Caleb, you uh, you grew up in Wyoming. What part of Wyoming did you grow up in? Uh, clear up on the Montana line, actually. Uh, it's probably for most people, Powell Cody, uh, Yellowstone, we're about an hour and a half east of Yellowstone Park. Um, so Cody would be kind of the big town name that people might know, or actually Billings, Montana, or an hour about directly south of Billings, Montana. Uh, and our, our family ranch actually just uh, sits right on the Wyoming-Montana border. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're up there, definitely. Yes, it's a, it's a ways from anything. <laughs> but it's secluded. I mean, I you got to love that part of it. I mean, just being in that secluded area, doing your own thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty as well. We uh, live down in a little valley and uh, uh, irrigated country, and so pretty decent farm ground and good cow country. And so it's uh, we're one of actually the driest places in the United States as far as annual rainfall goes, right where our family ranch is. We receive about six inches of annual precipitation a year, and that includes snow. And so uh, we are one of the driest places in the uh, continental United States. And so... It's, it's a lot of work because we uh, have to irrigate everything and uh, most everything is ha uh, flood irrigation. We don't, we don't have any pivot ir ir uh, pivots on the place. And so everything's flood irrigated, gated pipe, tubes, dirt ditches. So it takes a lot of work and effort, uh, but we have a great irrigation system and uh, uh, it makes for great calving season because we don't get a lot of snow. Uh, it makes for, we put up some of the best hay in the United States. Uh, we send really high quality dairy hay and horse hay really all over the United States uh, because we don't get rain in the summer. So we can uh, put up beautiful alfalfa hay and uh, it, it has kind of in the last five years really got a pretty good market to sending that hay kind of all over. So that's awesome. 
And but if you guys are pretty dry and you got you guys irrigate anything everything, uh, that that means it's it's pretty easy for you guys to get water up there though, right? We do. It's actually uh, if anyone's ever through uh, Cody area on uh, on the way to Yellowstone, um, Buffalo Bill Museum is there, and that's a famous thing. But uh, it was actually Buffalo Bill who developed the irrigation system that we're a part of, and. Uh, dug all the canal lines by hand uh, there in the early 1900s and kind of had a vision that if you're ever around that area and you see what's not irrigated, it really is just desert sagebrush. I, I mean, doesn't look like it'd grow anything. And then you see all this luscious green fields that have irrigation water on it. And so the vision that he had in the early 1900s to build this irrigation system uh, and, and establish that is phenomenal. And there's a huge mountain range that feeds into a reservoir uh, that feeds it all. And so w we are blessed to not have water restrictions and uh, anything like that, where we pretty much have unlimited water uh, year round. And so yeah, we can kind of uh, harvest the fruits of our labor, I guess you could say, because uh, it, the more you want to work and the better irrigator you are, uh, you're, it takes some of the risk out of agriculture, which is a blessing because uh, we have that irrigation water and we don't have to rely on mother nature to provide the rain. And uh, again, because we're kind of dry, then we avoid some of the storms and very rarely get hail and some of the other issues that a lot of people face in agriculture with their risk. And so um, it's a lot of work, and but uh, there is some benefits of it for sure. Well, I mean, the only downside is that you got to go set water. <laughs> I mean, yeah. basically. Absolutely. And uh, it would be nice. Uh, we keep talking about trying to put some pivots in and uh, hopefully we'll get that way eventually there on the family ranch. But uh, it uh, that is the downside. It's still enjoyable. Get up early in the morning, go set water late at night. But uh, come this time of year, especially into September, after you've been doing it for four or five months, twice a day, all day, every uh, all summer, it starts to get a little tiring and exhausting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can only jump on that four-wheeler so many times to where you're just like, all right, I'm tired of this. Exactly. But No, you grew up on a kind of a cow-calf uh, operation, didn't you? Yeah, so we uh, uh, started as just a little family or still a family operation. We started, my, uh, my mom and dad bought a place uh, when they first got married, and uh, my dad had grown up on a pretty big ranch in Gillette, Wyoming, and uh decided to start his own place and wanted to kind of build his own place. And so uh, did what uh, then a lot of people said wasn't possible. And you might hear that more and more now of, you know, you're limited to family inheritance and it's tough to get into agriculture as a young person. But uh, he said everyone told him the same thing and he bought a small place and has built since then. And so we've uh, kind of shifted through some breeds through the year, just started with some commercial cattle and then kind of got into the main Anjou uh, breed and, and uh, into that in the late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, then transitioned over into kind of Sim Angus uh, since kind of the mid-2000s till now. And so my brother's actually back home and helps, uh, was an ag teacher for several years and uh, just gave that up this year to go back to the ranch full time. And so we run about uh, 700 cows between all of us and um over a lot of acres, we have about uh, 12 to 1,500 irrigated acres and then uh, some mountain permits that we can run cows on in the summer. Nice. And you, when you were growing up, you guys had that cow-calf operation, but you also uh, had a little flock of ewes, didn't you, you and your brother? Yeah, that's correct. We started that as uh, most people as a 4-H project. Uh, 
Uh, one of my grandparents uh, showed a lot of frame wool sheep, Columbias and whatnot. Uh, and so we kind of had uh, an involvement in the sheep industry from that standpoint. And then uh, I have two uh, significantly older brothers and they showed through 4-H and FFA and got a little involved. You know, they showed some sheep and stuff, but my brother and I really took that on and uh, kind of created our own business and got up to about 60 or 70 uh, blackface ewes that we were raising club lambs out of as we went through high school and had some good success out of those and um, have since d dispersed those when I got done with high school and kind of turned that into cows and some funding for college. And so uh, lots of good things have come out of that. But Now, how uh, what's the age difference between you and your brother that were that had the flock together? Uh, just a year and a half, so he was two grades older than myself. And so you guys are were pretty dang close growing up then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we were kind of did everything together, and he was a great older brother. A lot of people, uh, siblings that close, might butt heads, but uh, he was always nice to little brother and took care of me. And so we were pretty good friends uh, all the time. That's always a really good experience. I mean, when you have a sibling that close that you get along with, and then if you want to spend some money or invest some money with each other it's it's not that hard because you guys are, are are real close you don't have to worry about anybody uh kind of screwing you over or anything <laughs> exactly at that yeah, age. We, uh, yeah we were it was awesome we were did everything together and uh bought sheep together and traveled around and did that judged together and showed together and uh, it was well, we we called it the boardman brothers club lambs and mm -hmm. You know, so it was all towards building towards that brand. Really, we weren't concerned about our individual success. We were just hoping to do good things together and we're each other's bigger, biggest cheerleaders. And so that's awesome. That that had to have been a, an excellent environment to grow up in, especially with the ag industry being so gosh dang competitive nowadays. And, and I'm sure it was competitive when you were shown too. it had to be nice to just have somebody there to just kind of rely on with some positive re-encouragement re yeah absolutely and uh, my parents are both that way as well we all we kind of did everything together as a family and hopefully the the way kind of the ag industry is really supposed to run and make it a family deal and that's uh ag was our life and uh when we weren't working cows we were showing and when we weren't doing either of those we were judging and uh that's just what we kind of grew up immersed in and we always kept it positive and made it about the experience and doing things the right way. And, um, you like to say as competitive as anymore, it can get a little cutthroat and sometimes we can lose sight of what it's all about. And I was, uh, blessed enough to be able to have success yet do it in an environment that, uh, I'd like to say we were in it for the right reasons. Now let's talk about that because, uh, it's getting so cutthroat in the show industry right now. And I know that you're kind of on the judging side and, 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 but you judge a lot of shows. So you see it every day or every time you're judging how, how cutthroat and competitive this industry is getting. What do you think that it's going to change? Do you think it's going to get worse? I, and I know there's not really a right answer to this, but I just want to get your opinion and of what's kind of going on within our industry right now. Well, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, the, it's getting more expensive all the time. It's getting more competitive. We're, figuring out science more so we know how to feed them better we know how to take care of them better uh, we're getting more genomics in on the breeding side and getting more and more advanced on our technologies of embryo transfer and in vitro and everything compared to what we've had so everything creates a competitive advantage and i think that's good 
uh, because that's one of the benefits of growing up in the showing industry is the competitive nature you get and when you can take that into the workplace and the workforce and become a competitive member of society where you're trying to strive to do things best you know the best you can and trying to be a winner is something I think is very important but we've got to be careful as an industry to not only emphasize winning uh, and uh, keep things ethical um, and remember that especially as parents and leaders and feeders and fitters that uh, we're doing this for young people and that uh, we don't need to take any shortcuts uh, and we don't need to trash someone else down or, you know, badmouth other people or uh, this, that, or the other just to try to get a banner at the end of the day and yeah. uh, really try to remember what we're all in this industry for. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a competitive drive because if there was no competitive drive, you and I wouldn't be sitting here. Uh, talking today, we wouldn't be in the position that we are in today if we didn't kind of learn that competitive drive from showing livestock. So that's yeah, I'm not saying don't be competitive, but it's getting a lot a little out of hand at some at it, some points. It can, it, it certainly can, and it happens everywhere from the county to the national level. Exactly, on trying to get an edge over their competitors and uh, and trying to chase that banner, chase that title or the money or whatever it may be at the end of there uh, to pad the ego or whatever it may be. And uh, again, we've just got to keep in mind why we're doing this and uh, try to be a good industry and role models for young people growing up in it to make sure that uh, our kids and our grandkids can have the same opportunities we did. Exactly. And, and I'm no saint either. I mean, I don't, when I was showing, I had an ego and I, and I wanted to be the best in the state. And I, we went to national shows and I wanted to be the best there too. But, so I, I'm not out of the blame for having that, but it's, it's interesting what's happening. But I, I would assume that you kind of growing up, uh, especially with your, you and your brother being, being competitive and, and, and raising and showing lambs and, and cattle. And, and then your dad be also being your judging coach, that would be uh, quite a competitive drive for you to be growing up in. Yeah, it was. And, you know, my dad uh, was a collegiate livestock coach for 18 years at Northwest College up in Powell, Wyoming. And so, you know, I had the opportunity to grow up with someone that uh, was coaching at the collegiate level and training young people that were successful. And so, you know, I had a pretty big edge up on the competition as far as that goes. But, uh, uh, he's always emphasized that it's about the people and not just the, the ribbons and the banners. And I've always tried to hold that true. And, um, you know, in my current position, it's sometimes easy to forget about that. And we just try to go win a contest, but the impact that uh, we have on young people's life, whether we're judging a show, uh, whether you're helping someone feed an animal for County fair, whether you're coaching a livestock judging team uh, is really what it's all about. And so, uh, yeah, my dad uh, had a big part of that. Mom uh, always kept us humble and reminded us what was important in life. And uh, so I was pretty blessed to have that upbringing. Now, what did your mom do? Was she a stay-at-home? or She was a stay-at-home mom while I was young. Uh, and then uh, my parents kind of had the agreement uh, that when I got into middle school and uh, my brother was getting closer there to high school, that uh, since we were born, the agreement was that uh, my dad would uh, transition to ranching full time and that, uh, she would go back to work. So she, uh, since then, and currently is a, just a secretary there at the uh, local elementary school and loves that. And, 
um, but uh, does that as a lot of people know in the ag industry for the health benefits and the, the benefits that come along with a full-time off the farm job um, was kind of deemed necessary for that and so uh, she went from being a stay-at-home mom to uh, a working mom and so my dad could kind of expand the ranch and uh, continue to grow it into what it has become. That's awesome. Well, he kind of got uh, the good end of the stick on that one. He gets to kind of play rancher, and she has she's got to go kind of manage an office. That <laughs> that doesn't yep, sound yep. very fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was a good good uh, good thing for everyone involved. So definitely, uh, he definitely have an awesome mom. So yeah, yeah. but uh, having a, a dad as a, a junior uh, college livestock judging coach, I. Did you did you know at the time that you were you were kind of at an advantage or did it, it was just something that you were used to? Um, you know, I don't know that it fully sank in until probably you know by the high school time we kind of for sure knew that we had a pretty competitive advantage within the state and even as we went to some national shows where uh, every young person kind of thinks that they uh, their parents are probably Superman so. I'm sure we were no different at that point, but it probably never sank in how big of a competitive advantage we had until we got into high school. And then especially looking back now through my college years, understanding that advantage we had uh, was, was certainly something I don't take for granted. Uh, like I said, we, uh, that was kind of just what we did. I mean, we showed livestock and ranched and went to livestock shows and uh, my dad judged a lot of county fairs in the region and that would be our summertime vacation being ranchers we didn't have much time to get away from the farm and uh do things uh, as much as you know if you lived in the city so uh, a lot of times our family vacations in the summertime would be he'd have a show a couple hours away and we'd get to go with him and hang out at a fair and do those things and the older we grew the more we just my brother and i would love to just sit in the stands and uh watch him sort the show and I can do the same thing now. I guess I just always have had it uh, in me that I can sit in a stand and watch someone judge a show for hours upon hours on end and never get bored and just sit and watch. And I grew up with that, I guess is where it got ingrained in me, but uh, we'd sit there and we'd usually tell him what he got wrong at the end of the show, <laughs> I guess. Of course. <laughs> if you're not telling your dad what he got wrong, what are you doing there? That's right. What are you doing spending the time watching him? Exactly. No, but that's a that's a very unique position, and and the only person that I can really think of that comes to mind that I I'm trying to get him on the uh, podcast pretty soon is um, Colby Birch. That, and yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of kind of his child or what his childhood would be like. Yeah, it was very similar, and actually both being from Wyoming, our our dads were very competitive against each other, and uh, um probably to the point that sometimes they didn't get along the greatest yeah. and now all of us uh, all the sons and uh, get along great and I, I go work out at Colby's any chance I can and visit with him and so yeah he certainly ha had a, a a pretty similar background yeah but so you get pretty competitive in livestock judging and, and um, you're pretty competitive in high school where do you end up going to junior college did you go to Hutch uh, Coffeeville Community College oh. is where I went, which uh, Brian Anderson would have been coaching there at the time, and uh, I went there um, to judge for him, and would have been on his last team there at Coffeeville, I guess. Uh, How was it having a BA as a livestock judging coach? Uh, he was great, and uh, it's something I always emphasize. Thinking back to myself on 
just being respectful and being a good person to be around when I was deciding where to go. Uh, he had just started coaching as uh, my dad was kind of finishing up and my dad had a lot of respect for him, just the way he conducted himself and the type of uh, role model he was and the ethics he had, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, that was one of the top choices because his uh, dad started looking through the people of who he might know, et cetera. Um, Brian had made an impact on just the way he conducted himself coming through high school or uh, when I was younger and when dad was still coaching. And so went down there and was on a competitive team and he was a great person, uh, you know, growing up with hog or with cattle and with sheep, I, I wasn't showed a few pigs in high school pretty successfully, actually, uh, but didn't know much about pigs growing up in northern Wyoming. And so it was a great fit for me. Um, Kerry Crow was actually uh, the assistant coach at the time uh, while I was there as a freshman uh, who's now at Transova Genetics down in Texas. And so that year was certainly a lot of fun to have two people of that expertise uh, that get to judge national shows and do that and, and kind of go from a small town Wyoming uh, down to, you know, judging for two people like that was quite the experience and certainly learned a lot from both those gentlemen. And BA was uh, a lot of fun to judge for and the places we got to go and the, the respect that the industry has for him was something that uh, left to uh, kind of an impact on I think all of the students that had the opportunity to judge for him oh definitely and and Brian Anderson and and if we keep saying BA to the listeners that's who we're talking about is Brian Anderson I, I don't know if everyone knows that people call him BA but I I don't really I don't know him that well and I, I just I I was on the uh, NJSA junior board and he was just getting off as being a field rep so we kind of had some layover time uh, to meet and just the small experiences I had with him were awesome. And anytime yeah. I could see him at a judging contest, whether he was an, an official or on a committee or taking reasons, I always tried to say hi to him. He's a, he's yeah, a great guy. A, he is certainly a great guy and uh, certainly glad that I went down and uh, judged for him. And, you know, part of collegiate livestock judging, the benefit of that is some of my best friends, uh, as a 18 year old, I had no idea who they were until we moved into the dorms at Coffeeville at the same time. And, uh, they're still some of my closest friends now that I, uh, stay in touch with and will be, uh, hopefully forever is with some of those young people that I met there at Coffeeville under PA's guidance. Now, where is Coffeeville? Uh, it's very Southeast Kansas. So okay. it's really right on the Oklahoma line, about as far South and pretty far East as you can get. I don't want to like uh, make fun of Coffeeville, but do they still have a team? Uh, they do not. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's been five or six years since they have had a team. Um, so I just hadn't, one I just hadn't heard of them. So I, yes. I when yeah. you said Coffeeville, I was I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Uh, but were you guys pretty competitive, or? Yeah, we were. We were top ten uh, about everywhere. You know, we never. I think we're, we won the carload contest at Denver. I guess that probably would have been our highlight. So that was a nice day. Um, and, oh, it's been long enough ago now. I can't, uh, as a judger, if you're, you know, current judges, you probably never think I'll never forget how I did it, which contest. I'll know my exact placing at every contest. But we're, uh, I think, fourth or fifth in the actual contest at Denver and um, had a nice solid year. And I ended up as an All-American. And so uh, it was a good solid year. Nice. And you end up uh, going to uh, A&M after that. Now, were you recruited? Did you go through a recruiting process? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, um, you know, I was uh, recruited, uh, I guess, mainly by A&M Tech and CSU uh, were the three. I guess that probably recruited me the hardest. There was certainly some other ones, or I guess those are the ones that I considered the most. Uh, we're lucky enough, several other coaches called as well, but those are the three I kind of narrowed it down to and um, chose A&M as just the best logical fit, I guess, all things considered. Everyone finds a different home, and that was home for me. And you loved it? Yeah, I always had a great time <laughs> down there. It, uh certainly the friends made and the connections and it's a fun it's a fun college town without a doubt and uh right uh, i guess during my undergrad um would have been kind of as a&m was finishing up in the big 12 and having a little success there with uh ryan Tannehill and vaughn miller and uh and johnny manzel came in while i was down there and uh good person or not he was certainly a lot of fun to watch play football oh, and yeah. so it was a lot of fun to go to football games and uh, travel around and a little bit even to some away games. And So you drank the Kool-Aid, huh? Yeah, that's what uh, everyone tells me. Is yeah. uh, It didn't take uh, pretty soon once I came back from there. Everyone in Wyoming said, well, I guess it really is kind of a cold down there and you <laughs> fully drank the Kool-Aid. So. You know, it's, it's almost like... Um... A&M is kind of adopting itself as a cult. I, I, they, don't, they don't even care anymore. So many yeah. people are just like, yeah, it's a cult. And everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Yeah, that, I think that's probably accurate. I, it's all right. I mean, it's a great school, and, and everybody that comes out of it loves it, and, and they do extremely well. It's it's probably the ring, but they do extremely well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what, what degrees did you get over at A&M? So I got my undergraduate degree in uh, agribusiness. Uh, I thought I was just going to go into kind of the business field and that just uh, kind of chase that. I always liked math and numbers and the business side of things. So that's the way I pursued that through undergraduate and then uh, had the opportunity to be asked to stay and uh, be an assistant coach for a few years while I got a master's. And then so a natural fit was in uh animal science and nutrition was where my interest was uh, that sparked my interest the most. So I got my master's in ruminant nutrition. Oh, nice. That's pretty impressive. Honestly, I, how much do you use that information today for ruminant nutrition? Oh, not uh, as much as I'd like to. I, I mainly think about judging, uh, most of the time in my current position, but, uh, yeah, you know, just the, the, Grad school was a great experience for me, just the way you think about problems and the way you approach problems and read research papers. And so I, I try to do that as much as possible and give a few talks here and there and the things that I learned through graduate school. More so the process and the mindsets than the actual science is probably what I use in a day-to-day -day, uh, application. Yeah, it's kind of like the... Uh kind of a real world aspect to the masters that actually gives you uh kind of the stuff that you want to take out in the real world right yes. that's kind of what i've picked up from people getting their masters is it's it's about the kind of the work that goes into it and and the real world uh stuff that you have to kind of take into a, uh, account when you're dealing with it yeah and it uh you know it's good to uh read be able to decipher through scientific literature and understand uh, what the 
maybe motivation was behind the study. And as you, you read studies that come out, you know, always, okay, let's see who funded it. And uh, do they have any bias behind this research? And let's look at their uh, methods and the type of study it was and figure out if it was a good study or not and how, uh, you know, how much emphasis and I guess uh, confidence can we place in those outcomes that they maybe publish in those papers, et cetera. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like those peer reviewed uh, articles that you have to find. Exactly. Uh, you're you're yeah. just real good at finding those now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how many, uh, how many years did you assistant coach at A&M? I did two years in 2013 and 2014. Okay. And then after that, uh, you, you took a year and then went to university of Wyoming. Uh, so we would have finished up in Louisville in 2014 and I would have, uh, kind of accepted the position right around uh, Christmas at that time, but didn't start until May. Uh, and so I, I was not coaching during in, in 2015, I guess my first team up here would have been in 2016. Okay. So you've kind of just, you've just been coaching since you've been out of college, basically. Really? Yeah. That's, uh, all I, all I've known. And, uh, my main focus on undergrad, obviously school, but judging at that point in time too. So, uh, Really, since I, I think I went to my first judging contest at five, and I've uh, haven't stopped. I guess so. That's a that's a dream for most people. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, it it's a lot of fun. Most people, I I tell most people, you got to use livestock judging as a you know a stepping stone to your future careers. And I tell them most people have to eventually grow up and go out into the real world and. You can't make livestock judging a career other than there, there's only a few of us that are lucky enough to be able to do that. And uh, I guess I'm one of those. Yeah. Now, what made you go to the University of Wyoming? You just wanted to be back home or? Yeah, I did. I wanted to be back home. I, uh, there, the, the position was open and uh, I felt like there was a lot of state support to make it a competitive program. Um, we've had a judging team here for a long, long time, but I never felt it was uh, quite as competitive as what it could be. Uh, and I wanted uh, to give Wyoming students an opportunity to stay in Wyoming. For a lot of years, some of the best students in Wyoming would go to the other competitive senior colleges and help bring some national champ. Lots of Wyoming kids have helped bring national championships to other universities. And I said, I, I wanted an opportunity for Wyoming kids to stay close at home and be on a nationally competitive team. Uh, and so that's been my goal since then. Well, that's a uh, dang good reason to go there. And I think that um, to the listeners out there, if you don't think that Caleb Boardman has done some difference at the University of Wyoming, go look at, back at the placings of the last two years because you have certainly changed that program for the better. Well, I, I appreciate that. That uh, it was the goal and still is the goal. And uh, we aren't finished uh, I guess on in my mind of getting to where we want to be but each team has gotten better year in and year out and so we just continue to do that and I guess it's a I have a little different mentality uh, part of the reason I wanted to come here it was home and that was important to me uh, you know growing up University of Wyoming is the only uh, senior college in in Wyoming that division uh, really any opportunity for a four-year degree is the University of Wyoming with our limited population. So everyone has a little love for the, the Cowboys and the brown and the gold. And uh, so that was part of the reason I came, but I have always thrived off an underdog role. Uh, and so I've always enjoyed that uh, and the 
kind of having the chip on your shoulder to go prove people wrong. And uh, I try to instill that in my students and uh, no matter what they do in life, kind of have that chip on your shoulder to go be the best and not be scared to go up against uh, some foes that people might think you're the underdog on and go try to tackle them and beat them. Yeah, well, pretty soon, I don't think you guys are going to be correlated with the underdog. I, re- I really don't because you guys, I mean, what was last year? I mean, you guys just won uh, Arizona Nationals first contest out of the gate. Uh, yeah, we did. We had a really good scram and we had a great start there. And uh, we were top four at every contest uh, this spring, fourth at Denver, um, third at Sioux Falls, one of just a little contest there in Nebraska called the Heart City Bull Bash. And then fourth at San Antonio and finished the year third at Houston. We were the high team in placings and only a point out of second uh, there. So a little bittersweet being that close to reserve champion team at Houston, but uh, they're excited. We, like I said, started up last week and uh, have big aspirations and goals for the fall. And last year's team was good. They were top 10 pretty much everywhere and uh, had the I guess good fortune to have coached the high individual at the American Royal and Heck yeah. so had a have had a good run for sure. Yeah, and I I've it's no uh, secret to you that I've got a I've got friends that uh went to Laramie to judge for you and I only hear good things. I kick myself to this day. I'm like, gosh dang, maybe I should have went to UW and, and judged for Caleb because I've only heard good things about your coaching style and I think that um Throughout the years, if you if you just continue to stay there, I think you're going to get more and more elite judges to come to Wyoming and and win a national championship because I think Wyoming deserves one. Well, uh, first off, thank you for the recommendations and the, and the kind words there, and uh, certainly on my part, would have loved for you to be up here and judge. But again, everyone has to do what's best for them, and I think you have had some great opportunities that have come about what you decided to do but uh, on your second statement that is certainly our goal uh, uh, UW has never won a national championship before and uh, I, I tell my current teams and I tell kids that I recruit that uh, that's what I want to do is I guess bring that bronze bowl back to Laramie for the first time heck yeah that'd be sweet <laughs> that would be awesome I think the whole state would erupt and uh, I, just cheering <laughs> I, I hope I would hope so so well, and not only would would it just be awesome to kind of bring the bull to Laramie, but kind of the exposure that Wyoming would get, not only the University of Wyoming, but uh, Northwestern and, and Casper would certainly get some uh, some feedback too on that too. Yeah, and we, you know, all the, uh, I've got some good feeder programs. Casper sends a lot of kids, Northwest. Uh, but, you know, going back to why I took the position was, Uh, I knew it could be successful because Wyoming has four junior colleges that compete in judging. Uh, Casper is probably the most well-known across the country, but Northwest College up in Powell, uh, Laramie County and Cheyenne, and then Eastern Wyoming over in Torrington all have uh, judging teams as well. So I get uh, kids from there and uh, Northeastern Junior College, NJC there in Colorado has been sending, uh, getting some good kids, I guess, out of there. And starting to get them from a little all over the country. And uh, I will tell you, like anything in life, if you surround yourself with good people, it's a lot easier to make yourself look smart. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, the, the more talented a student you can get, uh, the better of a coach you, 
make it makes you look like. So that's what I try to do is just recruit as talented and hardworking as students as I can. And um, I, I try to give them the credit, but uh, most of the time I get more credit than I definitely deserve. And uh, I'm just driving the van down and having a bunch of good kids in it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You, I mean, you can take a little bit more credit than that, but I know you won't. You're, you're, you're a pretty humble guy, <laughs> but, um, no, I was just going to, I was kind of getting, going to give you the last, uh, last little bit of the podcast to kind of plug the university of Wyoming or plug whatever you wanted, but we just spent like ten ten minutes talking about UW and how great it is. So yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's great. Anyone listening, come to university of Wyoming. <laughs> it's a great place. Uh, if you didn't hear our new slogan last year in the controversy, uh, it's the world needs more Cowboys and, um, and that needs to be UW Cowboys and not Oklahoma state Cowboys. So, uh, uh, we, uh, uh, no, it's uh, was a good slogan. That was a good advertising campaign that we got a lot of free national oh my ex- gosh. exposure there uh, because of the political, political correctness society we currently live in. And, um, so that was about the best thing that could happen is University of Wyoming was on front of national newspapers and everything else. And anytime you get advertising like that and it's national exposure, I think it's positive. But no, we have a great tuition up here. Um, we're continuing to build uh, our farm and uh, you know rebuild up our swine unit right now. And uh, we've got uh, competitive working on getting a competitive set of club lamb ewes and uh, really lots of opportunities and really starting to get a lot of industry contacts for internships and job placements uh, after students are done here. So That's as far awesome. as I can tell, we're on the way up and uh, it's a great place for students to come. I think you're on the way up and uh, and I think you're going to do some incredible things at the University of Wyoming or wherever. If you end up going somewhere else, I think that you, you kind of carry a, a little a vibe around you that, that it exudes a, uh, kind of professionalism and confidence that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna say well i i appreciate that and um we can keep visiting here but i would like to say i sure appreciate you having me on and uh relative to the other names you have on i sure uh feel like i'm out of my element relative (laughs) to the big industry names that you have in there so i sure appreciate you having confidence and uh being trusting of uh and thinking enough of our program to include on that podcast and you've got an awfully neat thing going on. And so uh, uh, hopefully you will continue to get a bigger and bigger following because uh, this is the type of stuff that the industry needs more of. I agree with you. And and I think that going back to what you said about the names, I, I come, I come across that a lot. If I ask somebody that if, if they want to do an interview and they're like, well, I, I just looked at the people that you have on and the people that you've told me about, and I don't really think that I have the, that I should be on it. I, it doesn't matter what you think. I mean, <laughs> I'm get, I'm coming from the outside, from the outside perspective. It's who, who are people, who are the people that are making a difference in this, this industry and who are the people that are kind of navigating the youth into a better future of the industry is, is basically what I'm looking. And I think you're doing a fantastic job, whether you think you deserve to be in the names or not. Well, again, I appreciate that. So, <laughs> and I'm giving you a lot of compliments here too. So you better come you out are this, you better come you out are. of this interview pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, you are doing a great job building up <laughs> University of Wyoming. So heck yeah, heck, I got to rep Wyoming. I miss that state. Yeah, it was good. I know uh, and enjoyed uh, your teammates that I did get to coach, and it was uh, fun being here for a short while while you were up here. And yeah, 
yeah, it was a good time. But well, if you uh, have anything else, that's all the questions that I had for you. But if you wanted to say anything else here, here's a time, maybe some motivational quotes for the kids listening. Well, I don't know if I'll be good at uh, motivational quotes like Dan Hogue or anyone else uh, that uh, all the famous quotes come from. Yeah, but that's true. I tell if there's anyone listening, especially young people, set your goals big and uh, just keep working hard and do things the right way. Um, I, I can't emphasize enough that I, I try on a day-to-day basis to stay humble and stay ethical and uh keep God as the focus and uh, just kind of keep priorities, family rights. And um, if you do that, you know, you can, I'm a good example that you can go anywhere. I was obviously had a background. Some people might not think, well, he had a judging coach as a dad. So how I don't have that. So, you know, how do you go? But I never once showed at a national show. So if you've shown at a national show, uh, you have more experience coming out of the show world than I ever did. Uh, um, you know, we judged once or twice at a national contest, but never won, you know, didn't win any national contest, anything like that. Uh, so you've got the opportunities to do whatever you want. And I've, you know, saying that I've never shown at a national show. Now I've had the uh, blessings to be able to judge some national shows. And so no matter how much experience or little experience you have, if you do things the right way, keep working hard. Uh, that's the one thing about this industry is that anyone can get along anyone can do it uh and so keep keep at it find good people to surround yourself with and the the sky's the limit now i'm not going to let you go yet just (laughs) you just brought up one more thing that i wanted to talk about because you're you just talked about judging a national show and uh i think denver was your first national show last year wasn't it or in 2018 Yep, 2018 it was uh, the first national show. So I've got uh, opportunity to judge a few state fairs uh, the last few years. But uh, yeah, that was my first national one. Now, how was that experience? Because, I mean, I know you grew up in Wyoming, so obviously you were familiar with Denver and familiar familiar with how big of an impact it was in the state of Colorado and, and just with uh, showing livestock in general. How was that experience for you going back and being able to judge the lamb show? Yeah, I mean, really uh, kind of surreal, especially once we got out to the Grand Drive and you roll out the green carpet and bring those sheep out onto the into the Coliseum and uh, there where the that final drive is and to, to be a part of that. And even though I never showed there, I, I had the opportunity to go down with FFA chapter and uh, that was kind of the home national contest and uh, or stock show. And so that was, yeah. I guess lots of people say this, but uh, it was a humbling experience to be able to be out there and to be trusted and to have people think enough of me and my opinion to let me sort through that many good livestock and that many good youth. It was, uh, it was kind of surreal and really just a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun and um, loved every minute of it and took it as serious. I mean, I, I gave it everything I had and, tried to give every kid or did give every kid a fair look and looked at every sheep as many times as we could and got to use ones that I just uh, thought were absolutely phenomenal livestock at the end of the day. That's awesome. And I can't even imagine uh, judging a sheep show at Denver because, I mean, that's one of the best sheep shows in the country. And when you get down to your top end, uh, that, that's that got to be hard. I mean, you're oh, just you're nitpicking. Oh, it is. And, I mean, you know, those second, third, fourth, on down i mean some of those classes five six deep uh, we had 
know, we had a lot of success shown in Wyoming, but I mean, I beat a lot of sheep that I would have, uh, would be significantly better than any livestock I ever showed. So, uh, as Mark Hogue always says, I always appreciate him on the mic, uh, saying that as judges, we've got to, uh, be careful on how critical of livestock we are until we show or raise livestock that good or better. And, you know, those were certainly the case on a lot of those livestock. And so, uh, be putting a lot of people second in class that they had a lamb i'm sure that they brought to win a class a division maybe the whole show when they came to the national western and uh so it, it was a, it's a challenge for sure but uh i tried to pick them the way i liked them and describe them honestly and do it in a fair manner and uh that's kind of how i like to judge shows and hope that gets me more shows down the road knowing that you're going to get an honest opinion and someone that uh, is going to describe them how i see them and not play politics or anything like that well that's all you can do is i mean just place them how you see them describe them how you see them and and not play the politics deal those are three main rules that every judge should should kind of live by yeah absolutely but well i really appreciate you caleb for taking time out of your day i know you guys are just kind of getting started up judging are you guys gonna do a barrel show trip soon we are yep uh, well we'll head down to colorado state fair this week and uh, head down actually through Oklahoma and Southwestern regionals, go there to Woodward next nice. weekend and uh, kind of get them going. And so we'll actually, once I get off here, we're going to go and have a little reasons practice this afternoon. Sweet. Well, uh, have fun. And I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to talk to me. Sounds good, Cannon. I sure appreciate it. It was great. And uh, sure like what you've got going on there. I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye now. Bye. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Well, I told you guys that uh, that man right there had a lot of experience in livestock judging, and I was not wrong either. Uh, he's been doing it forever, and I, I think a lot of people strive to do it as long as he's been doing it their whole lives, and, and some people just can't do it, but Caleb is, is one of the fortunate ones that has been given the gift to just sort livestock and, and teach youth how to sort livestock so that we can keep this industry running, and and uh, keep it going on the right track. So hope you guys liked that one. Uh, just uh, one more reminder, like, share, uh, um, send me a message, rate, whatever. Tell somebody. I don't know. I uh, really appreciate you guys, and I will talk to you next week. All right. Love ya. Bye.